Hi, everybody, and welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. I'm Nick Flanagan. This is your four times a week podcast from me. Sometimes it's weak, sometimes it's strong, sometimes it's solo, sometimes there's guests. Today, there's a guest. It is the wonderful comic and writer Josh Gondelman, who was a writer for last week tonight with John Oliver for five years, and he's just left to join the writing staff of the Jesus and Marrow show on Showtime. Very exciting. Uh, those guys are hilarious. Obviously, John Oliver's show is very funny and important. And he's also written a book called You Blew It. Uh, it's a co-write. And he created the Modern Seinfeld account. There was so much to talk to about him, and I honestly mostly just talked about old school rap and, and laws and rules. Uh, and politeness and pep talks and positivity. So although I talked to him about John Oliver and a little bit about Jesus and Marrow, you really will just hear a couple of guys goofing around a lot, and I hope that entertains you. Uh, Josh is wonderful. He was here at Comedy Bar performing, and um, can't say enough nice things about him. And he can't say enough, enough, enough nice things about the world, but he also is willing to joke about the world and talk about what he doesn't like. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for bearing with me. This took a long time to uh, put together. It was a longer episode, a lot of editing, screwed a lot of things up. And uh, yeah, I'm going to get back on track. You're going to get four episodes this week. Um, they're just probably going to wind up being the fourth one. Will, you'll hear it Friday. And if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, you know, tell a friend, review it, rate it, blah, blah, blah. You can also donate monthly if you want and that's at patreon.com slash nick flanagan once i get a second i will put together a bunch of tiers and rewards right now it's just sort of a vague promise of exclusivity you will get that you will if you do it right now you will get exclusive things every month so um thank you very much for doing that if you do do that (laughs) anyway enjoy here's josh gondelman oh and a couple of other things josh actually uh has an album out called Physical Whisper. Mm, don't, don't worry about any of that. It's that's all happening. happening. Oh, Josh, it's all happening. What are you more comfortable with? This being all up in your face? Oh, I don't mind. I'm I'm oblivious. I don't. You are like the most congenial person I've probably <laughs> ever met outside of a concierge or a contra d. I'm very an uh, Iran contra d. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, I almost just like reflexively, we haven't even gotten into it enough, but as a bit almost reflexively said, rest in peace, George Bush. <laughs> but like there was, it's like too early on to just say that archly, <laughs> too early on the podcast, not in. No, we can talk about the death of George Bush if you want. I'm up. <laughs> we don't we have can to. start it anyway. You think George Bush had, had ADHD or borderline? You think he had bipolar? I love it when these guys die on that side and everyone's suddenly like, we got to remember how much you have piece of shit <laughs> it's like it's like uh, how about i just don't think about them yeah. <laughs> here's the thing about someone dying it is especially like a, a well-known person right mm. is that both uh they can't do any more harm yes it is definitionally yes their reign of terror has yeah, ended donezo yeah and but also on the other side it's like when people say don't speak ill of the dead it's like well uh, it can't hurt their feelings and they won't fight you. So yeah. like that's it's kind of the best time to speak out with someone. And you're probably not going to win over any of the people mourning. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Like, so, Jeb, so, Jeb Bush is like, that guy is a real dickhead. Please don't clap. <laughs> like, 
I guess. Totally I, I don't really know what death no, they're clapping right. yeah. for. <laughs> right. Maybe like a real good eulogy. Yeah, after the eulogy, please don't clap. He was a bad man. That would be so funny if he's like, George Jr., of course. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to change. I have to change my speech on principle. Yeah, just like, <laughs> I saw some tweets. Henry Kissinger yeah. is a war criminal. <laughs> just laid into them. <laughs> and yeah, it's just like. Um, but he, I mean, admittedly, you know, George W. Bush did have that, like, kind grandpa thing going hard in the, like, being presented as that in the yes. end. And I do honestly have no idea what he did right or wrong. There, <laughs> for some reason, he's a big gray area. And it, sure. The only thing I've really, I'm sure about him is that, yes, he was probably doing um, racially, like, the Willie Horton ad he yeah. did for Michael Dukakis. Yeah, war Dukakis's, on drugs stuff. The war on drugs. Okay, so it's, it's not looking good. No, no, I mean. First Iraq war. Yeah. Um, which I never even quite understood. And uh, and then there was another thing. That, oh, and then he headed the CIA for a long time. Yeah, which yep. probably was during the most um, brutal period for the CIA when they were doing the... Uh, I guess I'm doing what I just said we shouldn't do, <laughs> which is kind of enumerating all this. I mean, I'm just kind of saying, like, you know, when you're sort of aggressive about it, that's what I don't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, the John McCain stuff was the same thing. It was, it's I'm I, like, don't have a lot of... I guess however people process death is mostly fine. Other people's death is fine. I mean, everybody, I think, processes their own death as it happens oh, fairly God. similarly. Oh, yeah. Once it happens. Yeah. They're uh, like, I've committed so many crimes. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to say when I die. <laughs> Those will be my last words. <laughs> to send my family on like a weird scavenger hunt. That's a good tombstone heading. <laughs> I've committed so many crimes. <laughs> And then brackets, including grave digging. Grave digging. <laughs> like, I've robbed my own grave. You have the right to have sex with my corpse. <laughs> what if that was my tombstone? <laughs> I, I consent. <laughs> look, look, you're going to have sex with one of the dead bodies here. <laughs> Be respectful about it. If you're it. here, you know why you're here. Yeah. And I let, wanted to let you know like, I'm the one. Like, I'm your grandson. I just came here to pay respects. <laughs> Um, this is Josh Gondelman, by the way. I mean, I'm going to do an intro, but I feel like I should say you're here. Oh, that's okay. You're Josh Gondelman. I'm here. And you're a writer for, you were a writer for The Daily Show. Uh, sorry, the, (laughs) oh boy, we got to take it back. (laughs) Maybe I'll do another take. I think it's fine. Okay. You're a writer for the Daily Show. <laughs> I'm just you mean it to. I am currently a writer. I am not currently. You a writer are for currently the, Daily the host of the Daily Show. I am Josh Gondelman, uh, host of the Daily Show with Trevor Noah, <laughs> and also the After Show. The After Show for the Daily yep. Show, which is called the In the Day mm-hmm. Daily Show. The In the Day Daily Show. Yeah, starring Josh Gondelman as Trevor Noah. But also, you are a writer for uh, John Oliver. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I've been there. Which I had the funniest blank on the name of that show. So. <laughs> last week tonight, it's a yeah, very silly name. To, yeah, last week tonight with John Oliver. The um the name of the show is it's very funny because when people are not familiar with the show, which is like many people, uh, mm. it is a it's like a brain teaser, mm-hmm. right? Like when you know when you I I worked there for five years, and so like you know the name of the show, you know kind of like the the joke of it mm-hmm. and you say it smoothly but then like I'll be at a club on the road and I'll be like can you say uh, oh just just say writer for last week tonight as an intro mm-hmm. and I'll be like 
writer for last night with John right. Oates, like, because you just say the thing that makes like logical sense. Like the Tonight Show makes sense as in it's like the yeah. show that's on tonight. The, the Daily, Daily Show. Show makes yes, sense exactly. The Today yeah. Show, like all those, but this is like obviously kind of a, a like a clever inversion yeah. that makes it most of the time is very it's it doesn't present any trouble, but it's like you know someone trying to remember your credits and they're just like ah oh, shit uh, yeah. Tonight, tonight with Billy Corgan with John Oliver. <laughs> yeah, you're you're listening to uh, the the last man on. Mm-hmm. I don't listening to something. Yeah, you're listening to, yeah, a radio play with starring Will Forte. <laughs> I don't want to say that I'm a bad listener and talker, but uh, let's just what. <laughs> See what I did there? That's, I did. I'll use that on the, the the stage, I think, soon. That's good. Thank you. Wow, that was so encouraging. That was how I met you, by the way, doing at Afterlife, the show you were doing. Yes, 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 yes. yes. In New uh, York. Gosh, that was several years ago. I yeah. believe like it would have been six... Probably six years. That yeah, makes the most sense. six years ago or something. Yeah. And, uh, and I hosted... I co-hosted that. It was me and Emily Heller and mm-hmm. George Gordon and Aaron Judge. Yeah. yeah, George Gordon was very kind to me on that trip. I think he got me some stage time. He is a wonderful dude. He was a real gem. super funny. Yeah, and just like couldn't be just like a more excellent guy. And he put out an album. Just did, yeah, yeah. called "Your Good Friend," That's which is cool. I love. It. Yeah, it's yeah. great. He's Maybe great. I'll see him in New York. Who knows? Yeah. I'm going to New York. I told Josh that earlier. <laughs> How did you respond? I was excited. Yeah, you were very positive yeah. about it. We'll be there at the same time. We'll go to Russ and Daughters. Oh yeah, we can do a Russ and Daughters. Where do you recommend? I, oh, I recommend Arrest and Daughters. Uh, I love Arrest and Daughters. It de- yeah, I guess it depends. I'm so bad uh, at restaurants, too, because people will be like, where do you go? And I'll be like, well, all the places within three blocks of my apartment. <laughs> so, like, What's the address? Oh, gosh. It is. Uh, the, do, you guys, do you know the Empire State Building? Yes, very I live, well. I, I hang off the top of it. Oh, there, cool. Yeah. yeah, and you get shot down yeah, every night, yeah, yeah. fall into the bed at the mm-hmm. foot of it. It's very relaxing. It, been... it tuckers you right out. <laughs> yeah, that fall tends to knock you out. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you hit pretty hard. Yeah, you, but you lose consciousness before hitting, mm-hmm. they say. Yeah. My body... Uh, very graciously shuts itself down. <laughs> that is actually one of the most famous attributes of, of you. Of me, is I <laughs> shut shit shut down. That's part of the uh, intro with last week tonight. Can you say my body graciously shuts down? <laughs> it, when I'm in times of trouble, when I'm in I just kind of, of uh, it just kind of boots down like a like a wet hard drive. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, don't remind me of losing hard drive. Wall. Oh, I actually haven't ever lost. I did have a computer die on me once. That that's a rest in peace. Rest in peace, computer. <laughs> Say hi to Fluffy. God, that computer though. Its involvement <laughs> in the Teapot Dome scandal. <laughs> <laughs> the Teapot Dome scandal. Yes. What's the Teapot Dome I scandal? I forget. <laughs> I think it was. God, people are going to correct me. It, um, Is this a Boston thing? No, no, no. It was national, national American politics. It was um, he, who was the guy? I remember it, it. He was the president. Was it not Woodrow Wilson? Um, Taft? No, he was, they, people, there was like a Malcolm Gladwell essay about him because (laughs) people just like, like, he like looked like a president, so this guy should be the president. (laughs) Yeah, 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 Um, I know who you're talking about. uh, I think it was, it might have been Warren G. Harding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, it was just like this international scandal that he got into because he just like was a bad person in president. (laughs) Where he, uh, he threw a teapot? 
Yeah. Right, right off someone's dome. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> they, the were dome the head, was... yeah, they were kind of the head yeah. of the curve on the slide. I thought that was something we appropriated from, from rap, but it turns no, it was out rap appropriated it from Warren G. Hardy. He whipped the teapot of the guy and went straight to the dome. Did rap appropriate G from <laughs> Warren G. Hardy as well? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Warren G. specifically. Yeah. Oh, gee, I like that. That's what <laughs> Cool Herc said. He was creating the first sound system. Um, so you, last week tonight, one of the things about is about you. You also have two records. I do. The first record is from 2011. Yeah. It's called Everything's the Best. It is called Everything's the Best. It's fine. I was listening to your album, your second album. Thank you. Physical Whispers. I'm, I'm much more proud of that one. Oh yeah. I laughed right off, right off the bat. Thank you. That one. Laughed at your joke about, uh. Orthodox Jews and people who hate Orthodox Jews. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was like a riff, I think, because it was, was a good riff. it was it was um recorded the night uh, the albums recorded the night that the first synagogue shooting. No, 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 no. Okay, just wanted the first, to bring no, things down. It was for a the second. first the first time. Um, it was the first new Star Wars movie. Yes, 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 yeah. I, I think it was the first of the new ones. Yeah, um, the Force Awakens, maybe. And uh-huh. It was twenty. Late 2015. But so, I, I think I was just talking about who was coming to see me, or who was not coming to yes, see me. Yes, you were riffing, yes, but uh, but that made me... Thank laugh. you. And then, uh, why did I bring that up? Um, I guess you did actually riff very intelligent verbiage, or very uh, vocabulary, and uh, you said some sort of shape. Like you related a shape to oh. the Venn diagram, and then you said that's actually a 3D oh, yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, yep. And I, said, I think I said, like, oblate spheroid yes, or something. That's what it is. Anyway, I, what I'm really trying to say is that the minute details of perfecting a certain turn of phrase that yeah. will almost always work on stage is so often lost if you just write on stage for me. Because you, you get know? the kind of, right, you get the feeling of it, and then sometimes you riff uh, a specific specific words that work that night, but yeah, then unless imagine. you're really scrupulous about listening back to it and being like, okay, how can I employ this phrase every night? Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, so that's uh, 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 an aspect of, of that difference that that drives me nuts. And then sometimes when I write, I'm like, oh, I'm like I'm like a dummy. Right, you know? where you just come out and you're like, so, I saw this dog. You know, <laughs> I wrote that down. I yeah. wrote down, I saw a dog. What did I find? An old joke in my yesterday that said, I bought a Walkman the other day, uh, kind of a disappointment <laughs> you kind of you see where this is going i used this humor on you earlier yes it only plays duck tapes <laughs> I, was like, I read that down yeah well you know duct tapes is an accurate name for they were cassettes that they were just they have to be stored in a in a in duct air, air yeah, duct. Yeah, yes yeah. keeps them fresh yeah totally all the moving air you know i once had a cat that knew how to open up a duct and so they could eat the dust inside Oh, wow. What a <laughs> clever way to do something so stupid. It's That's like, true. It's That's like, a good point. It's yeah. like if, uh, <laughs> it's like going back, uh, it's like going back in time, inventing a time machine <laughs> so you could fuck the Sphinx. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to romance the Sphinx. Yeah, you're like, got some bad news not, for you, You're not buddy. guarding it very well. It's <laughs> yeah. like you get right up on top of it. Romancing the Sphinx. That's That would be that movie. Michael Douglas goes back in time. <laughs> and has sex with the Sphinx. And Kathleen Turner's like, why? <laughs> why do this? I'm right here. I look like the Sphinx. <laughs> she sort of does, right? She's good. She's um. She's getting up she's there. She's in mysteries. <laughs> she's in mysteries. <laughs> no, she's got mysteries. I feel like she's got. She does have she's mysteries. She's got intrigue, yes. is what I mean. <laughs> 
Oh, I wanted to say, I did, I ripped something here while I was in Toronto on a show, and it was just like, I was like, oh, what a nice place, like, I I have this joke that's like, it's Mm newish, and it works, and like, but on the inside, like, in kind of the guts of it, before I get to the, like, ultimate end of it, Mm -hmm. there's like a lot of place to kind of like play around just talking about my wife reading, Uh and and it just like, I kept adding little tags that are kind of self-referential to the bit without spiraling off too far and it's just yeah. been very fun to be like especially on the road doing long sets yeah. when people are you know people are there more or less to see me yeah or, or, at, or least, at least accepting that yeah, you that are the, the entertainment yeah. right as opposed to like in a club in new york yeah where i'm like okay i have 15 minutes and it's you know i just have to do well yeah and then because that's what is that's what i got hired to do yeah as opposed to like i don't have you know i have 50 minutes to uh, if I say some, if I say something that takes fifteen seconds that doesn't mm-hmm. work great, then I can just keep going. Do you think the audience ticks off every time something doesn't work off the cost that they're spending <laughs> on it, and they're just like mad by the time it reaches I, like I don't I think two thirds of what they originally. Uh, oh, I think if it was, yeah. <laughs> two thirds of my set just doesn't work. I'm one of those comics that doesn't it doesn't work. <laughs> that's well, kind of my thing. That's uh, that's how I like to roll. <laughs> you know, I like I go, guys, this isn't working. We gotta try hard. I like to include the crowd <laughs> right. into my. We're effort. all yeah, we're all. <laughs> we could do better. The difference is, do you think when you do like a set, especially in a place like like New York and and certain shows, you, you can get on in New York or, or California, um, you know, Bakersfield, the shows out there in Bakersfield. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's about the people that are on the bill and feeling like, oh, like, you know, oh, Sarah Silverman's on this show or oh, like, sure. Dave Attell's on this show I, or I get Gerard very... Carmichael mm-hmm. or something. You know? I certainly get in my head about stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, those are people that are, that I'm like, I don't know well, so especially mm-hmm. I want to do it. But, like, then it's also, like, friends of mine will be there and I'll have kind of the same thing. Oh, yeah, no, I have the same thing. Everyone I came up with who is doing well, if I'm on the shows with them, it's like... I When I go home, I I go home for Thanksgiving every year Mm -hmm. and, like, book a bunch of friends. To Boston. Yeah. Mass. To Boston, Mass. And uh, I book a couple friends. Can you say Boston in the way? It's, like, it's not the best Boston. Bastion? (laughs) Bastion. Or, like, you know what I say, though, that people make fun of is the the state uh, Florida. People Uh say... Lower, like closer to Florida, oh. but I say Florida, and people Florida. are like, "Nope, Florida, yeah, towny dirtbag." No, thank you. <laughs> are you from the town? Are you from Mississippi River? The, no, I'm not from the Mississippi. I didn't grow up in the river. <laughs> well, anyway, so you go back and for Thanksgiving, you and, set up shows. Yeah, and I I do the the club there, and I book you know a couple people that are home from New York or mm-hmm. from California for the holiday, and then a bunch of people that are like friends I started with that live in Boston uh, and I just like want to do well in oh, front of, yeah. you know what I mean it's just like I get to prove that I'm not just dicking around but have you had shows where you've done them essentially just to friends and family and like they haven't gone well because that's a traumatic thing I feel like I've had that in oh yeah oh I just yeah. mean the comics like oh, yeah. I don't I, my if my family doesn't enjoy my stand-up, I'm like, right. uh, I'm less concerned with that at this point. Yes, because... I would like them to enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not doing it to spite them. No. No. Well, you're... That's a... Maybe that explains your your gentle demeanor doing comedy. <laughs> Most comedians are doing to spite comedy their despite their family. No, yeah. my, fa- my family is the best. I uh, They're really great, and I, I would like them to enjoy it. If, if, but there are... People go, do you get self-conscious doing it in front of your parents? And mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm... A, I, I'm doing it at a professional level at this point. Mm-hmm. I, it's kind of like, well, you, you came to my office. Right, like, yeah. So, uh, 
I, I feel less concerned. And they've been pretty good, especially since I've been, like, working, working in comedy. Yeah. That they're less, like, oh, you said that word I don't like. Or, like, right. oh, you talked about this, and that's about... I think if they really had, like, a moral objection to something I was saying, they would tell me. But they're, they're not, um, like picky with a fine tooth comb about my act which is uh, a great luxury to have well I think in that regard the main people who would be that in a romantic part yes there are some people who have kind of an unflinching attitude about that and they're like I'm just going to say what I think but also like <laughs> my intent is to be married to my wife until I die and I'm going to die first <laughs> um, but what do you think will do you in oh boy uh, <laughs> my, en- my enemies your enemies <laughs> yeah yeah, probably uh, Leguizamo. <laughs> Leguizamo, my greatest nemesis. <laughs> I did uh, I did a radio interview to promote the comedy bar shows this weekend, uh-huh. and the, the host, uh, it was an XM show, and the host was uh-huh. very sweet and was saying, like, you know, sometimes I, often we have guests that I know, and I'll say this guy's an old friend, but, like, I just realized, I uh, was about to say it, but I, I've, I've never met this guy before, but I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to have him on. Uh, my... I, my intent is to remain married to my wife <laughs> from the entirety of my existence. Yeah. And so I don't, I try not to uh, alienate her for the amusement of stranger. I'll check with her. I have a joke yeah. about, my, I have jokes about my wife reading and she teases me that I portray her as calmer than she is. Like, <laughs> like less anxious. Right. Um, and, and that's not a C, it's not a C, I'm not like papering over something, but the point of the joke to me is that she reads books while I'm on Twitter. And so <laughs> I kind of raise the, I amp up like how easily she falls to sleep after, falls asleep after reading. Mm-hmm. And she, she's like, well, thank you for embellishing how calm I am. Um, <laughs> but, and I, and I've checked with her, I've been like, do you find that, do you think that's an unfair portrayal? Mm-hmm. Which is not, it's just, uh, it's slightly embellished. <laughs> and so, and but I really think, like, I um, I don't understand the... I, and I said, you know, I don't... Um, I, I don't do stand-up for, like, the... My, I, my intent is not to not upset my parents with it, you right. know? But, like, I wouldn't do stuff that made them feel bad, mm-hmm. I don't think. I think the entirety of the early, like, ten, first ten years of me doing comedy was to upset everyone, including <laughs> myself. <laughs> And I think there's a call for that. Sure. But I think you have to be willing uh, willing to be pretty masochistic or something. Yeah, and, you, and, and it's, it's you can't both it do might that. might have traumatized. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And you can't do and that. crowds, other yes. people. Oh, very, very, uh, sometimes uh, rig- emotionally rigorous. Definitely. But also there are people who will do stuff like that and then they'll be like, oh, you can't be mad at me. It's like, well, yes, we can. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have to be willing to weather that or to have, like, an exceptional relationship with, with people who will, uh, who are okay with you kind of saying things that are ugly and unpleasant. Which is, you know, ideally you can create that relationship mm-hmm. with most crowds and uh, if you can't create that with most crowds, then maybe don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it, it's a, it's a thing where I see so many people kind of they're trying. You know, although I love watching sometimes people who like will bomb super hard because they're digging into their like filth yeah. and uh, like a like a hog. Oh yeah, and <laughs> and like a hog getting ready to charge <laughs> like a boar. Uh, and I love watching them do that and go through it. And to some extent, I respect it. Like, I really love the, like, Andrew Dice Clay. Sure. Uh, unapologetic, hor- hor- horrific stuff, you know. And I don't mean 
when he was doing arenas, I really yeah. mean like Day to Laughter Die. Yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. You know? And but he knew, right? Like, he knew it wasn't going to work. Yeah. I feel like you can't do the stuff that you know isn't going to work and then be like, well, what's wrong with you that it's not working? Totally, yeah. I mean, do you think there is a war on um, comedy by the PC police? And are you undercover? I'm an undercover <laughs> PC police officer. Yeah. Laugh narc. I'm a laugh narc. Yeah. yeah. That's my kind of less gritty reboot of The Departed. <laughs> <laughs> laugh narc. Um, it's also an insurance company. <laughs> laugh narc. I'm uh, represented by laugh narc. Mm-hmm. Represented? A, is that what insurance yeah. companies do? <laughs> they go places they represent you. They cover me. I co- yeah, covered. I, Cover. I, I, Represent. <laughs> My insurance company goes places. It's more of an emissary situation. Oh, uh, you got. You, don't talk to me. Call my insurance agent. <laughs> you want to hire me? Talk, talk to. <laughs> talk to Lafnar. Who's my agent? Uh, Liberty Mutual. That's who represents me. So yeah, get on the phone. Big three, baby. <laughs> WME Liberty Mutual. Yeah, and. Uh, Aflac? Aflac, yep. Yeah. Um, I'm represented by that duck. <laughs> that used to be Gilbert Gottfried until the police, yeah. the PC police, oh, yeah. arrested him. Mm-hmm. They Which, did arrest him. I do think that Gilbert Gottfried is someone I also will give 100 million passes to oh, yeah. in comedy, uh, mostly because he was on Howard Stern for so long, mm-hmm. being so horrifying, mm-hmm. and I'm just comfortable with it. Yeah, he did an intro for... Um, for the new David Tell and Jeff Ross oh, little yeah. limited series. That I is, heard that was good. It's very, I mean, Dave, there's like... David Tell's so he's good. He's so funny. Yeah. There's some stuff that I like will... As a wokey. Well, no, the opposite. As like just some dude that yeah. I'll be like, oh, you know, I, this isn't my favorite part, but like I'm not going to disqualify myself from enjoying something. Like that's, I think that's a level of privilege mm-hmm. the, and a way that I sometimes exercise it. That's a lot of my comic taste when I do say mm-hmm. I love like Andrew Dice Clay sure. or any of that stuff. I try to remember that. There's, I don't try to exactly discount that because I don't know what I can do about this automatic reaction yeah. but I will admit it. Yes, <laughs> and know? it's also like there are people, there are certain things that I've enjoyed that I'm like well I can't wholeheartedly recommend this mm-hmm. to everyone Yeah, because I think there are people that it would uh, be like uh, unpleasant for yeah, and and I I acknowledge that. Do you know what's an interesting moment for me in in is always when a phrase that's only used on the internet yeah becomes verbal accepted people's verbal. But it used. also some stuff is just like it is black slang sometimes right or yeah. gay slang yeah, and then it people see it on the internet because there's more of like a it's it's less striated right yeah. and then and then they can say it be, and then it pops into like yeah. white mainstream culture right maria shriver is suddenly saying mm-hmm. it or yes like naming her exactly miracle baby that or mm-hmm. something do you think she'll have a miracle baby i bet she seems miraculous <laughs> um and stan is one of those for me because yeah. I, I don't think stan was i actually would be surprised if stan like the only time i think when nod said it yeah. that invented it as a verb Right, well, he he used it as a a noun, right? Come on the back of the M and M sign. He's but like, "You're you a say, stand. But you, but but, even though he used it as a noun, that was what led to the verb. The, right, the, the standing, he, right. He you know, it, yeah. to stand. He moved it out of like yeah. it was this guy's name in this other. You song. You stand him hard, yeah. like yep. like, uh, you know. We're he, doing this so whitely. I would say we're actually doing this 
Jewish white, which yes. is like oh, one yeah. degree. That's a it's a different, slight, a different white. You know, I've I've been off white speaking awkwardly about rap for like twenty five years I, now. Yeah, for sure, twenty six years. So, so I'm I'm used to it, even if no one else. <laughs> yes, right. It feels very natural to you. Yeah. To be like, here's the thing. I I mean, I've gotten my copy of Stunt Bloods and Hip Hop on CD signed by Diamond D. Damn. Who I asked, I asked him, who do you think won the Nas Jay Z battle? Yeah. He said Nas. I. Th- I thought so at the time. I yeah. But I think history bore out that Jay Z won. I think if we're talking about okay, I I was on the same uh, that Nas won. I think subject matter wise, Nas like if you look at the quality of the music that was yes. made there, I think Nas definitely took it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think anytime your mother. Remember, Jay Z's mother had to apologize on Hot ninety seven for the track "Super Ugly." Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it was really funny. I also think, like, you could argue that the song "Super Ugly," a certain type of mindset exists that thinks that was actually a winner, mm-hmm. and I think that that is the mindset that created the atmosphere of rap that we have today, mm-hmm. and what beefs are like, and when uh, ASAP Mob, no, when. Um, Space Ghost Perp says to ASAP Mob, we are smoking your friend's ashes. I don't know if you've heard that diss yeah. track. Yeah. Like, it just took it to these levels that are just, like, not really fun. Um, but, yes, in terms of Nas having his constant misfortune and his marriage being actually a terrible thing, even though everyone was excited about <laughs> it when he married Khalees, and, uh, and just, um, you know, Jay-Z becoming a billionaire, and, and basically. A, right, an ascendant icon, like, cross-cultural yeah yeah it's i mean it's hard to it's hard to feel like jay-z has ever lost anything i mean not anything but like in his career it feels like everything is like prelude to jay-z as like iconic um social yeah the sinatra of his day as he called himself Mm -hmm. so um how do we get here um standing standing do i stand dennis leary (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, that's so funny. But I'm going to... And now you're working on a book. I am. I'm working on a book. Can you tell us about the book? Sure. It is a... Um, it's an essay collection called Nice Try, Stories of Best Intentions and Mixed Results. Cool. So is, is it a collection of some of the essays you've already written? I think it's almost all new. There's one wow. that I've adapted uh-huh. and a couple things that I've talked about a little bit in stand-up that I'm uh-huh. like writing down for the first time. Um, but yeah, there it's mostly new things that people haven't heard. And this is your first solo title. Solo book, yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. Okay. And nervous. Terrifying. <laughs> it's, okay. like, really scary. Yeah. It is crazy. Especially as someone, like, I'm used to stand-up, which you workshop in small rooms, and mm-hmm. then occasionally you get to do it on television or in front of bigger crowds. And, sure. And, but by that time, it's like, you know what it is, you feel, you, you know that it works in front of audiences. You're presenting it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, right, you've, you've honed it. Yeah. You've, you, it's not only is it, do you think it's good? Well, sometimes, sometimes you're like, yeah, this sucks. But, um, <laughs> but they but you like know it. You know it's effective. Yeah. Right? And, and with, I think with a book, you just don't have, I don't feel like I've ever had enough people like read stuff that I've written before it's published to be like, this is going to work. But you have written for a lot of different outlets. Yeah. I mean, you were a, you were doing freelance writing. It's not, it's. I mean, if correct me if I'm wrong. You would far know your the history of your career better than I. But somehow I'm going to mansplain it to you. Please. Nick, explain it. Mm-hmm. Flansplain. Uh, flansplain. <laughs> oh, I like it. That's a new one. Flansplaining. Mm, what if I start whacking off as soon as you said that? 
because I liked it so much. Um, <laughs> I think I gotta go. Yeah, or join. You never know. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, isn't that what they did? Now in, who's stealing in camp? from Louis C.K.? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's get gossipy. Let's get gossipy. This is Let's Get Gossipy. Are, are, is one of your things in comedy like, I don't pay attention to... You start talking about gossip, I leave the room. No! <laughs> gossip like a lie. Yeah. Right? Com- there's no comedian who actually follows that yeah. belief. It's, it's only when it's gossip that you don't care about. Or like right. someone's about to say something bad about someone you like. You or know? who like right. has you open for them. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, look, I'm above this. <laughs> who doesn't? It's like the most engaging thing. <laughs> I was starting to ask you about your books. Oh, yeah. And and essay writing. You Before you even were writing on... Uh, John Oliver mm-hmm. before you were uh, doing stand-up even on TV maybe yes yeah, definitely you were writing for the New York Times was it? I, um, New Yorker New- I'd written a couple things New York for, Magazine New York Magazine I've yeah, written a bunch okay. of New York Magazine I've written, since written for the New Yorker and the New yeah, York Times yeah but um I mostly write for publications with New York in the name. Yeah, no, kind of. That's good. I'm a, I'm a New York New Post. I'm, uh, a, I'm walking over here. That's why. That's I my love aesthetic. New York, the, the, the fan magazine yeah, for <laughs> Tiffany uh, from uh, Flavor of Love. Mm-hmm. Yes, I just wanted some really. <laughs> yeah, I wrote for I love New York, the reality show. <laughs> no, the the magazine. Oh, the magazine about about the reality, reality show. show. I love I love New York. Yes, I love I love New York. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Just the other day, I was talking about. A show my friend did called the First Wives Club Club. Love that. Was a club loving this. So we've we've I done think, a callback to a different episode. Now. <laughs> I think my friend has a podcast called I believe it's called the Babysitters Club Club, which is <laughs> yeah, the same premise, uh, which is great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so you were doing that, and as a freelancer, uh, how did how did you make that work? Why did, you took two English majors? As English and creative writing major. Yeah, and uh, and I think the the thing about f- freelancing is like. Or the, at the level I was doing it is like you're, I was writing like 800, 1200 word pieces here yeah. and there, and I was tutoring. So like you can make a bunch of people read an eight hundred word thing. You know, I can yeah. if I'm like, is this good? I can send it to ten people. I'd be like, yeah, okay, no. it's maybe good. I've done that kind of writing yeah. too. You know, mostly about music and stuff. Yeah. And, and it is true. You can they'll say, yeah, good or change yeah, this or right. whatnot. Or like, oh, this just doesn't work. You go, yeah. oh, thank you. Oh, say, this is in French. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the. I'm going for that. I'm going for French. Ça c'est la point. You get really defensive. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be French, idiot. Um, but but with like a book link, I just feel like I'm imposing so much to make people right. Read. Yeah, uh, and my, I really trust my editor. So like that's I think the saving grace that's stopping me from going. Louis Lapham. Totally bonkers. It's Louis Lapham. Shout out to Stephanie Hitchcock, my editor at Harper cool. Perennial. Cool. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, and so smart and like doesn't take my bullshit which like mm. I'm I'm very good at writing bullshit mm. and How so just like I can write you know if I'm writing a, a, a story that should be uh, 3,000 words I can very easily make it like 4,500 words see, I with see. just like uh, amusing digressions that don't serve the larger piece. So essentially the equivalent of what I've done with this podcast <laughs> you could do on paper. I've done it, yes. Yeah. Just like a fun uh, yeah, just like That very, sounds nice. It's I like it. It's yeah. very fluffy But it's for fun. you. Yeah, or yeah. like it's for other mediums. It, or, uh, yeah. It's for another medium. It's not for like a personal essay that's supposed to also have like an emotional heft. I'm like avoiding getting to the heart of right. it. Right, yeah. It, it literally is like ordering a steak that's covered in fat that tastes delicious. Yes, exactly. But will kill you. Yes. Faster. And people, and it's like, hey, that's not what you, when someone ordered a steak, that's not what they wanted. I don't know if you heard, but I said it was literally like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's, it's, maybe I mean it is literarily. Literarily, like that. that's, that's literally a short for literarily. I, think. I believe so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm like I'm very excited and very nervous, and it's just like a big thing. And it, it's also I'm so used to so I'm doing, I do stand up, which is me. People look at me and they hear what I'm saying, and that's that's I like that. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, I'm like in a writer's room, and everything that I do. It there is presented through the filter of like a different person, so right. it's like very there. You know, you can write if if I write a really hard joke that I think is very funny, but maybe comes down on a person or like uh, in a in a harsh way or whatever. It's like ultimately for the last five years, it's been well. Does John want to yeah take the flack for that? And and how uh, often does he not want to? I mean, I think it's just, it, it's moment. it's like what the moment calls for. Of course, yeah. I mean, it, it's like, you're, you know, the week John McCain died, was there a lot of this man? <laughs> no, I think it was, yeah, it was not. Uh, I think, where was I? I think we were off that week because I was at a wedding in um, New Mexico when that, when, right. he, when he died. But and yeah. Were any of the speeches like... <laughs> at the wedding? They're just like, hey, uh, the love between Rachel and Eric is so beautiful. <laughs> the exact opposite of John McCain. You committed Boom. war crimes and was part of... The Vietnam War, and but I guess I think the thing about it. Too, <laughs> I'm all about subtly naming the problems of these people <laughs> while condemning that very thing. But I think that's the thing, right? Like it's like maybe Twitter is the place for that, and like a wedding toast is definitely not. <laughs> yeah, this is all making Twitter make more sense. It's like now. this is right. It depends on the the venue and the context. But the thing I complained about recently was that someone tweeted, like I guess Amanda Bynes quote. Amanda Bynes is back, unquote. Oh, which, sure. who knows how that'll go. I yeah. hope well. We do. You know, um, and someone wrote, y'all standing, uh, probably a super white person. No, it wasn't a super white person, but I was a super white person on Twitter definitely is using, sis, I'm so- you yeah, go, yeah, yeah, sis. Yeah. And um, here for it. Here for it. <laughs> uh, slay. Slay. Slay fierce. Fierce. Um, what else is, the claps? Oh, the clap bands? Yeah. You're a Twitter boy. I'm a Twitter boy. At Josh Gondelman. That's me. So, what do you think are some Twitter tropes? Um, oh man. Like, Because I've made lots of jokes about, well, you know, like, sort of an equivalent to, this is not oh, normal. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. I My favorite one are when people, like, address figures in government, kind of like, in apostrophe almost, where like, <laughs> Sir! The Republic cannot withstand such, and that like that one really gets me. Like, I most of the time I get what people are doing, even if it's like kind of hand-fisted. But like, hold my beer. How do you feel about? But that's like, hold my beer. Is that's what she said? You know what I mean? It's like people are doing. What was the one? Oh, the other one that that I like tweeted about recently that like kind of rubs me the wrong way because it's it's doing someone because hold my beer is doing someone else's joke right like someone yeah. the first time someone did that that was funny yeah like that's a, a funny construct mm-hmm. and even the first few times but now people yeah. use it as like that's the sincere way to say the thing right it'll be like uh, hey I think uh, Steelers are gonna win this game yeah. and then it's like the Packers hold my beer yeah exactly and it's like just say the thing. Why didn't you just say not, the Packers? Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like it, <laughs> unless you're doing it as the the way. Yeah, it's not a substitute. It's become a substitute for like the actual sentence. Yeah, like and a more the, compact thought. And the the other one is like, I think it's like I I see it more on like the the 
like the left of Twitter, which is a, it, the sentiment I often agree with, but it'll be like some insane thing that Trump has done or yeah. like some horrible uh, like ravage of the terrible American healthcare system. Uh-huh. And then it'll just be like, the comment will be just be like totally normal country. And yeah. it's like using, using that phrase ironically, it, uh, it just, it felt like it, it burned very brightly and then to me has like gone supernova. Of like, yeah. I, I, but that's just my personal taste. No, no, no. That's huge. Uh, that because kind I, of thing. Totally normal country. I agree with the sentiment too. It's yeah. like, cause what the sentiment is, right. Is like, Oh, what a, um, what an unspeakable cruelty that we have wrought. Yeah. And, um, but you're actually underserving it by doing. Yeah. About yeah. It and and I think way. like the uh, kind of ironic distance. Yeah. Um, if you're not feeling ironic distance to this, mm-hmm. why are you bringing it up in an ironically distance, distant way? Is it to act as an anesthetic to yourself and, the, and the and that's, reader? Sometimes you need that. And that, but then why are you even doing it if you're furious? Why are you mm-hmm. highlighting it if you're furious and you're providing an anesthetic? Yeah. I, Is this yes. surgery? Right, yes. I guess you do need to... <laughs> that's a situation where it's both very serious and you need an anesthetic. <laughs> that's what anesthetics are for. <laughs> yeah. um, and Michael Jackson's sleeping. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, yeah. he's fucking... He's got Billy Jean in his head constantly. <laughs> yeah. You would need an anesthetic too if all night you were just boop, boop. boop <laughs> yeah, I guess I never thought that he has the melodies that he popularized just constantly. Oh, yeah, they're always all at once. Haunting him. And, and also, you know, where would he have been during the Me Too thing? <laughs> Even with Billy Jean. <laughs> yeah, like he, he 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 denied it. Yeah, he really used his stature to, to make her seem. She, she didn't get yeah. a song. No, no, that's no, an yeah. old. There's an old Mike Birbiglia joke. I don't even know if he ever recorded anywhere about like how Ludacris gets to write a song and his girlfriend <laughs> must just be like furious. Like sometimes he won't get out the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's which, like, did you really have to highlight that you're cheating on me mm-hmm. in every every song. city? Yeah, <laughs> in everywhere where some cities have yeah. different area codes. Right, New York has two. You yeah, said both. LA has like three. Yep. Well, we're still actually going through your credits. Okay, right, right. This is the intro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the Twitter tropes we were talking about. We're talking about Twitter, yeah, and, yeah. and like totally, nor- and and that's like one of those things where I understand the function of it. It's the same as hold my beer. It's like I understand the function of it. But I, I'm also like, well, let's find it a new one. Yeah. But I think we can... We can Everyone find. is always finding new ones. That's the whole thing of Twitter. I yeah. Mean, I am, like, sick of it, sort of, but I, part of it is because of the sheer constant change. Like, mm-hmm. it's just always adapting and right. shifting and things that were funny, like you were saying, but for a second or, or then hack, and it takes a day sometimes, yeah. and I'm always behind on whatever meme you're supposed yeah. to make a joke Me about, too. and... And, you know, there's everyone is always sort of being more uh, conscious than the other person. This is a constant thing I do talk about on this podcast is just being frustrated by everyone sort of trying to uh, place themselves on a higher plane morally than another person, you know, and 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 the idea of uh, comedians, unfortunately, um, brand their brand becoming infused with. Act like a sort of keyboard activism or something, sure. you know. So, so I, this is all stuff that that troubles me. Yeah, I, I <laughs> about mean, it. I try to I, personally. It's like I, I try to just like let people do what they're gonna do, and I would yeah, rather. That's people, a great way. That's and much I would, better. And I would rather people be like and my over analysis and, and anxiety. No, but it, it. it's it's an anxiety provoking system, right? Yeah. It's like a thing that pushes people's buttons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a um, the enter button. Yep. 
Oh, so many buttons. Right click. Literally click, dozens of buttons. Highlight. The, all the letters. Copy paste. <laughs> copy pasta. Copy pasta. Oh, yeah. GIF. That's like, that's a... GIF. a sh- <laughs> GIF and GIF. GIF and GIF. GIF is like the foe... GIF is like the foe of... Of GIF. Of, of, of GIF. Like, yeah. foe is now fa 80% of the time people mm-hmm. will say it of a certain age. Mm-hmm. And GIF is slowly going to be that. Although I still have a hard time saying GIF. I say GIF. GIF is better than Hard G. I like a hard G. Warren G. Warren G. Warren G. Hard GIF. The G stands for GIF. For GIF. They Warren Giraffe Harding. But the, the like, Mr. President. That's what I said. That is the one that, like, because, you know, there are certain things that I'm like, oh, I understand that this is how you're expressing this idea. I understand mm-hmm. the idea. It gets to the heart of it. That's, like, what a what an idiom does or, like, what a trope or a cliche does, right? It, like, expresses something very succinctly that's, that might be more of a messy idea. Mm-hmm. But the people addressing political figures with, like, the utmost dignity, like, it's fucking Hamilton, yeah. is, like, the funniest thing to me. And it's just, like... It, that's like, amazing. It's the dorkiest. And it's, like... What are you? What are you trying to achieve? Yeah, 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 yeah. Senator Rubio, and, it's just, <laughs> yeah. and I think you can say things that are sincere, and mm. I think I would rather you just be like, suck someone's fucking ass, man. <laughs> but yeah, the idea of like the idea of like I'm making a joke, but also this joke is important. Yeah, is like a um, it's a very difficult needle to thread. Well, how did you avoid that on on a show like John Oliver? Um, I think we were just trying. The jokes were just trying to be like jokes like we tried to write funny jokes but there was also an element of attempts at sort of deep diving does it just have to do into issues but does that have to do more with trying to unearth more things that you can joke about rather than opening up an issue informationally i think the the idea was always to try to like tell the story as best we could Uh and and like the, the and and not fuck it up for the sake of the jokes Uh but like once we once we knew what the story we were telling was to have the jokes stand on their own as opposed to being kind of like the, the, I, the trying to not have the jokes be self-important, but rather just to be like funny jokes that paired with the, the story that enhanced the story. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, was there a battle there between like where you go, Ooh, this one isn't this one, this stuff is more like harsh, but not, super fun like we're being totally we're being critical think, but I think not it's, all, it's always hilarious. a tightrope and I, I think on any I mean even in stand up there's always that tension right of like totally. of like oh I'm gonna tell this dark story pers- it, like a personal story can be the same yeah I'm gonna tell this dark personal story and it's okay if they're if it takes a little while to get to the big laugh payoff mm-hmm. because what it, because the um, the thrust of it requires this kind of more complicated or more intense backstory. Yeah. And I, I think it's always that, but it's always like trying to get it as funny mm-hmm. as you can. And and that's a, uh, without selling out the thing you're trying to do. It, it's the same thing we were talking about with the book, right? Of like, it's, you want to get the point across and do, do justice to the story you're telling, mm-hmm. but also make it funny. But you can't, right. but to tip it into like, okay, here's like a four minute digression about like, pizza toppings might be too much in, the, in some cases. <laughs> um, oh yeah, so now... Yes. Now you have switched careers. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I'm a surgeon. <laughs> yeah, you've become a neuroscientist. I, and I'm really good at it. Yeah, no, I, I always knew you could pull it off. Thank you. Uh, with that creative writing degree. You know? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I did not get another degree. You know what's fun to do when you crack open someone's head is you uh, sign your name on their brain. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> it's a uh, scalpel. Every doctor does it. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's, it's like how, uh, it's like an artist signs <laughs> Every doctor writes their name on a human brain when they is do that a Banksy? How, who is he? Like, how did he get it? Brainsy, just a very, <laughs> very whimsical neurosurgeon. Brainsy. Is that Brainsy? a rat? Is my brain a rat wearing a gas mask now? <laughs> That's like always my go-to Banksy. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're going to have to sell this piece of your brain tissue yeah. for like a million bucks. And then it shreds to. itself. Oh, <laughs> um, Brainsy, you scamp. <laughs> he is a scamp. Mm-hmm. Who do you think he is? Uh, Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably Gallagher. Oh, that would be... It would redeem fully Gallagher. Right. And yeah. it would make Banksy so much better. <laughs> yeah. Like, how much better would Banksy be <laughs> if it was Gallagher? Yeah, people would be like, wow, like, he seemed like he'd really gone off the deep end and it turned out it was all... Even the Gallagher part was, was part of the was art. The best Gallagher would be the best Banksy. Yeah, exactly. And like, uh, is Banksy Gallagher or is Gallagher Banksy? Wow. <laughs> what if it were Noel Gallagher? <laughs> that would be good too, because you can really picture it, yeah, right? Really, they say that Banksy could be more than one person. So what if it's Liam and Noel Gallagher? Yeah, it could be both of them, or even the the drummer for the first album, who yeah. really was the, <laughs> the, the linchpin of the band for that stuff. I mean, people say it's the guy from Massive Attack, but um, that's not. Interesting. I prefer it to be all of Oasis. <laughs> I like it to be all of Oasis, and maybe it was Winehouse at the time. Like, oh, yeah. what if it were just like a collective British effort? Um, so you are switching jobs. I'm switching jobs in the same career. You've you've, you've exited last week tonight. You had your last week at last week tonight. Was it tonight? It was sem- uh, like twelve to fourteen tonight's ago. Oh wow! And what are you gonna miss? I'm gonna miss. I well, I really enjoyed working on the show. I really loved... The whole team was amazing. It, like, mm-hmm. the writer's room specifically, I, like, worked very closely with the writers, uh, with the other writers, and mm-hmm. so I missed them a ton. Some of the you know, it's a lot of people I'm very, very close with. Uh-huh. And, um, and all the department, I mean, like... It must the, be real funny people, man. It's, it's man, there's, there's the some best. really good jokes on that so, show. So, there are people there that, like, just, like, reading drafts of stuff that my office mate or like my other friends on mm-hmm. the staff road were just like would laugh so much there's they're so funny and um and then like even the the, the across the office like uh the editors are great and the field department and the graphics department it's like a really wonderful group of people that work together really and still works together i, I just don't work there anymore. yeah yeah uh, they work together really well um could you ever just show up and say, what's up, guys? My new office will be in the same building, so okay. yes, I'll probably do that. Right. <laughs> you could show up. I definitely can. Do you want some Dexter? No, thank you. <laughs> um, but they... Yeah, so I'll, I'll miss the people, and I'll miss... I, I like the show. I'm really proud of the, the work we've done. We've done some stuff that I was like... That I look back on like really um, fondly and really proudly, which is not the way I feel about like a lot of things that I've done <laughs> comedically. It was, and it was beyond what I could ever have imagined achieving 
in my entire career. Just like getting to work on this show with brilliant people and like it was people watched it yeah. and we won awards. Yeah. It's just like so You won Peabody? I have two Peabody awards. Wild man. Crazy. You're very award winning. I'm, I'm decorated. Very, I'm very I have an Emmy winner here. Yes. With me. I it's true. Wow. And it's it's really bananas to me. Like the whole experience was just like so much more than I could have ever hoped for out of like a comedy career. But yeah, so now you are starting on the Jesus and Mero show. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, tell and, now Jesus and Mero for those who aren't listening, they had a popular show on Vice. They did. They had a, called Jesus and Mero, and they've had a podcast for quite a while. Bodega Boys, which Bodega is they're so funny. It's yeah. like it, it's super super funny. And they actually had the show that held the Vice network together. I would say pretty yeah, much. I mean, and Vice is mad now. Their show is so good. Yeah, it, like just be, and it's so much just because, and not to discount the the production staff that, that helped put it together, but they're so funny. And that's like the engine of... Yeah, their show seemed... That, that one seemed like it was a live extension of... The, or a filmed extension of the podcast yeah. with a few... With graphics and a mm-hmm. bit more stuff, which is a lot of Vice stuff is like that, you mm-hmm. know? But, but um, yeah, they're so hilarious. They're so and and, um, and this is not... I don't mean this. I think people maybe take it as a comparison, but I like Oliver is also incredibly funny. Oh, of course. And I'm, I'm like really getting to to write in his voice and for him for like half a decade it was like really fun and really gratifying yeah and uh and and he like the the silly things that he'll do are so funny mm-hmm. and the the like he just has like a pretty wide strike zone in terms of jokes you can write for him yeah which i which was so fun that he'll you know, get mad at the idea of spaghetti sauce or um <laughs> or do like an incredibly intricate run about like uh New York Fashion Week that right. like someone like uh, Julie Weiner, who's like a brilliant writer, would write something like that, and then um, or the, I wrote a joke like my big triumph this year was I wrote a joke where he had to say or didn't have to, he chose to mm-hmm. uh, say uh, in the voice of like a gruff dog like suck my dog dick, <laughs> and it's just like so stupid. <laughs> I think I heard might have seen that one. It's so stupid and like so it's very fun, but and, the, and just like I'm excited to take on a uh, a role at a new place that's a, a new show being built and I'm I'm just really psyched about it. But it's also hip hop flavor. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna take that again? No, oh, I'm gonna keep that. We'll leave it in. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hit it's uh it's these two guys who are uh, talking about rap a lot. They do talk about rap a lot. Yeah, uh, they're, which is a genre of music that before we got here when we had lunch, full disclosure, this is not the first time we met. Mm-mm. Josh didn't just show up, sit on my bed, and we could create this kind he of made, banter. He wait for four days. <laughs> and then he was like, now we can podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I made you wait at the same coffee shop mm-hmm. for four days. Mm-hmm. All you had was bond me. I did. Did you like the coffee shop we went to? Yeah, it was great. Russell and Still. Really liked it. I shouted out on the podcast all the time. They've got to sponsor me someday. (laughs) That's the rule. That's the rule. If you mention something, it's sponsored. Then they got to sponsor you. Do you want an insect bite gel? No, thank you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, they're really they're they're so funny and super great and like a different uh, voice than I've been ready for. But also, like incredibly smart and incisive uh and just hilarious and i'm like really excited to see what the show becomes and be a part of it i mean something that was interesting to me about your pairing with the show when you announced it is that Jesus and marrow are 
you know, they're very funny, but they're they're very uh, snaps oriented. You know, they're very uh, jokingly harsh yeah. on a lot of things and critical and sort of quick to uh, insult playfully, but cuttingly and uh, or pointedly. And uh, you are uh, you are a person who you can do that, I think. But you are famous. For being the gentlest, let me stop you right there. Kindest, not famous, <laughs> <laughs> infamous, infamous. For being, you are Twitter famous. Let's okay, say that's fair. And also amongst comedians, sure, famous. I would say amongst the people that know me, yes. I'm fairly well and known. Amongst those who who maybe might go to your shows sure. and follow the the Gondelman brand, Gondoliers, Gondoliers, Gondolistas, Gondolistas. I, we just do a whole run like a, like a Marin style. <laughs> no, it's uh, g- go- like l- Latinx, like Gondolex. <laughs> that didn't really. <laughs> we can make it work. Gondolmanx. Gondolmanx. Um, but yeah, you are known as a uh, the the most pleasant soul. And when I, I met you at Afterlife, you were very affable, very friendly, and helpful. And really, we've managed to retain this. Friendship or allyship, collegialship mm-hmm. for many years, yes. merely through the occasional missive and yeah. getting to hang out uh, every not, couple of years, every couple yeah. years, and being in touch. And you know that has to do with uh, probably your uh, affable. Well, I mean, I would say it's a credit to you as well. But well, maybe so. I appreciate I appreciate the kind words, but I also think I think that the the knowing when to be harsh, and this is like something that's in my book too, like knowing when you can like come down on something or someone and be like, mm-hmm. that's fucked up. And then knowing, and, and also being enthusiastic about the people and things that you like and appreciate mm-hmm. is like a really, I, a skill that I admire. In yeah. And I think like the idea of being like, wow, that, that was, that's wrong. And I'm going to be like surgically hilariously mean about it. Mm-hmm. And, and, or like, I love this and I'm going to celebrate this right. concept in person. I think that like, that's really, valuable and really uh wonderful and 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 i think to be equally kind or like maybe not kind but equally celebratory about everything Mm. is like disingenuous and in a lot of cases unfair right like we're talking about like when someone who's done bad things dies to be like (laughs) that guy was fucking awesome yeah also the wrong thing the reason i said hip-hop stuff is like that's a world where you can make fun of, like, Eminem just for being a bearded 45-year-old guy who puts out music that nobody listens to um, in public. I'll put it that way. Like, I've listened to Eminem a million times alone. Yeah. You he, is, he is loner music. Yeah, he, I, someone, I, I compare it to Rush. He's like the Rush mm-hmm. of rap, you know? He, someone, it might have been, if it's if it's the wrong guy, I apologize, it might have been my friend Sean Collins, yeah. tweeted something about, like, I know Eminem's bad. It might not have been him. Um mm-hmm. I apologize if I'm misattributing. Like, you can tell Eminem's bad because there's not a single song that he's written or performed that you could dance or have sex to. <laughs> the closest like, is without me. Yeah, I think, you know? and even that's not like a real. No, it's just fun. Yeah, yeah. It's um, and, but not like super danceable. Definitely not a, a. If you put if someone put that on their sex playlist, you'd be like, <laughs> well, their clown friends are about to murder me. Yeah, I guess forgot about Dre, but when he would start, you'd be like. Mm. Yeah, I mean, even even on that Dre How do I album, dance to something I hate? <laughs> on 2000... 
Was it forgot? No, forgot about Dre. No, no, no. It was uh, what's the difference? No, but forgot about Dre is. Oh, I'm sorry. You're, you're right. thinking about still. Dre. I'm still thinking about still. Yeah, Dre. but no, forgot about Dre it. was like the one that was almost like Eminem's big uh, come up. You know, where it's like, oh, he's like really ripping apart this song. You know, yep. that's like the closest I think he's come to being on something that you might hear in a club. Yeah, I mean. I'm trying to think of whether there were others. Because there was stuff that would dun, get a dun. lot of play. Yeah. But Crack like, a bottle. Make your body wobble. Oh, yeah. Even <laughs> the part like a sloppy even model. Even the stuff about you partying was like almost making fun of party music, right? Oh, you or know like, what was kind of a cool song? Superman, weirdly, was like it had... You might mm-hmm. be able to play that having sex. Maybe. Except for the fact it's like... Misogynist, so. and it's yeah, and audibly Eminem, like his, audibly he yeah, his sensual voice. voice. Yeah, no, 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 not a sensual voice. No, it'd that be thing. like a Joy Behar ASMR kind of thing. <laughs> the also his that thing he did the um was it for the BET Awards the oh the ciphers he's done yeah. several no of those. not the yes he's done several of those but the one he did most recently the was like Trump par- one it was. Embarrassingly bad. Yeah. Well, he got into this thing a few years ago where he's like, you know, like, like, just call me a squirrel in the winter that's bad because I'm too nuts. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, for sure. It's just, just like, kind of like really... Everything justifies the wordplay. Yeah. But also he's still doing it like he's super angry. Yeah. He's just stomping around a parking garage. It's But that that's like an example. That's like the off the internet example of like, sir, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> like that whole thing had a sir, how dare you vibe. <laughs> yeah, and he does that thing now where he still will like reference like things that if he were more famous and relevant everyone would know but nobody really knows like he's like machine gun kelly how dare you say that stuff yeah. i'm like i don't know what he said yeah i had no idea right. that there was happening i could be like i put out the albums nobody really cared i'm like yeah so like right why am i listening to it's, this it was <laughs> people i think people are very like enthusiastic to embrace anyone who is kind of vocally anti which which anti-Trump stuff specifically which like is good because he's bad but like it also doesn't make it good art no 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 no. most of it isn't I mean like there was this guy Rob Ford who was the mayor Mm -hmm. crack smoke crack um very disliked locally he didn't have that distance that made him fun you know he was really into bad stuff he like voted against homeless people when they're in the winter getting like to stay in hotel rooms yeah. when the shelters were yeah. full <laughs> and uh, there was like graffiti in this in Kensington Market someone put up that had this really weird sort of neon color bad drawing of Ford's head and it said we can't afford this yeah. <laughs> and I was it's like I gotta vote for him now <laughs> I feel like I should ask you uh, one thing that someone asked me to ask you sure which is um Writer's block. What do you do when you get writer's block? Oh, um, that's... I saw that question, yeah. and I was thinking about it, because, like, I, I think there are cer- certain times... Like, I've, I've had a job where you just kind of have to write through it, yeah. and that's, in some circumstances, helpful. That's just, basically like, the best way writing, to avoid It's just block. to do it yeah. and, like, hold yourself accountable. But mm-hmm. that's not always the case, and I think... Sometimes if you're, like, trying to do a specific thing that is not working mm-hmm. or not coming to you, I always find, like, or often find that trying to do a 
a different project that is just for your own enjoyment, mm-hmm. like something that you're writing just because you want to write it, yeah. rather than something you feel like you should write, is a, like a nice break, and it uses the same skills, but it applies them in a way that, that like feels pleasurable as opposed to feels like work or obligation. That's really cool. That's like uh that that's like a way to um uh keep the the gears turning yeah. and so essentially you're saying try to get something that's deadlined and yeah. then work on that and then if you hit a snag with that um you know d- Do try something, doing something you love. Yeah, and even if even if you're already doing even if you're like my goal is to write a screenplay and you're having real trouble with the screenplay. It's mm-hmm. like okay, maybe work on a stand-up joke for a little while or if if that's not your flavor of writing write a short story just something that like an idea that that's just been like nagging at you that you've never had the time to explore or something that you're just like oh this this just popped into my head i'm gonna see it through yeah as opposed to like um i i guess i have this big project that i just feel like i'm not making headway on or like a money assignment that um you know Mm -hmm. job that you feel stumped with I mean, I'm working, because of the ADHD, for me, the thing to avoid block is just get on it as soon as you possibly yes. can. As long as it's a deadline thing. But even then, it's like, set your own deadlines if you mm-hmm. can. But yeah, you just like, instead of kind of finding out something is due Friday and doing it on Wednesday to Friday yep. or Thursday and Friday or Friday. Yep. Um, and this is what I, I'm not saying I pull this off. Sure. But, you know, is ideally you go on Monday and you at least get the skeleton going. Yep. You get, even if you write a paragraph, yeah. you know, you, you open just kind the of document, open the document, make you make notes. a start. Yeah. It's like that I think is the best way of feeling good when you finally open up yeah. the thing. I, I think getting, getting the ball rolling downhill is really helpful too. Like I will put stuff off like, I'll put off an hour of work for six hours. Yeah. And it's like, well, if I just, if I do the first five minutes, the other 55 minutes will follow. Yeah. But if I do none of it, then it will be put off entirely. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's it. Well, you're inspiring me. So now (laughs) the only other question I have is, um, if you could give a pep talk to any historical figure, who would it be and how would you pep? Um, so... That's a tough one. I know. I, th- I think I would probably, it would take more research than I have put in, but it would probably be someone who uh, did work that was not appreciated in their... Van Gogh. Yeah, like a, like a Van Gogh. Yeah. For sure. That's like of the of the Van Gogh... Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you're doing it. Hey, you're doing it. You're doing great. I think what you're doing will really matter for centuries mm-hmm. to come. Yeah. It will probably, unfortunately, lead to some mass killings. Some people are going to take it weird. Yeah, people are going to die... Um, people are going to be oppressed, but, but on the other hand, you're going to have a huge impact on like, this program called AA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you talking to these people? So you're talking to these people with knowledge of what they will have. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not like a contemporary of theirs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So any other names? I, oh gosh, I'm trying to maybe like a, I feel like a Joan of Arc. <laughs> That's a good one. Joan of Arc. Joan Armatrading. She's still alive. <laughs> Jim Crawford. Any of the Jones. Yeah, any, all Jones. And about, I just want to, before I get into my show and tell. Yes. Pep talks. You give internet pep talks. I do. You gave me a pep talk once. Yeah. Online. Do you want to give me a pep talk now? Sure. Okay. Um, this is a fun show. I Thank you. Doing it. Oh, I'm glad. And I'm, it's like very cool to me that you're making the show on like such a regular basis. Oh, and it's like you. a very, um, it's just, it's like commitment. And it, I imagine you're getting a lot of like creative, Output and fulfillment from it. 
That's true. Thank you for that pep talk. And do you have this positive attitude due to strife at all that forged this positivity in the past and was a coping mechanism that helped you get through? I think it's, I wouldn't say strife, but the pep talks came from like... Strife is a deep word. Yeah, it's a lot. I I don't claim it (laughs) as my own. But it was like a career frustration and some like maybe personal frustrations. And just kind of like, I was thinking, you know, I, I would like someone to reach out to me uh and not that you know I, so like like, po- like it's like projection yeah that for is sure. that is um like beneficial yeah because i was yeah. like if i can do this for someone else maybe that will feel as good as someone else doing it for me uh-huh. and maybe other people need it too and that that's like where it came from that feeling of like i wish somebody would um like what i would like is someone to like assure me that it's it's okay and i'm okay and I was like, you know, instead of asking for people to say that, I have enough people in my life that I could ask for that. You know, I could text somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, or talk to a roommate at the time. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I have this feeling and I can give that reassurance to someone else, that I bet it will feel like getting that reassurance. And do you find that it reflects? That I you do. give it out and then it does reflect on you? Yeah, because I think it's nice. I, it, part of it is, like, trying to figure out what people are looking for, like, what kind of validation and what kind of... Um, encouragement that they yeah. need and, mm-hmm. and I and that feels good it feels like um problem solving and it feels like connecting with a person yeah I get that yeah let's do a show and tell okay I love it I brought this stuff over here so this is Archie's Festival by Al Hartley Archie's Festival this is actually a Christian Archie comic oh interesting I think might not be. <laughs> but upstairs we have some Christian. Archie comics? What do you think of Mr. Weatherby? Um, he seems very, like, he seems like his blood pressure is high. Yeah, Mr. Weatherby in this He's particular high stress. Comic. His comic face is, is like, ruddy. He, normally Mr. Weatherby is, like, heavy, but in the way that Kingpin from Marvel is sure. heavy. Like, sort of like proportionate heavy. Yeah, but this Mr. Weatherby is... Like very unhealthy looking, his stomach hangs down. He's got it, but ab- above and beyond that, like I, I think the like stress that he right the arm broken looks bad. <laughs> the stress, like he he just looks um, harried, <laughs> and he he looks like he he needs to relax. There we go. This is I think religious. Yeah, there's Jesus. There's Jesus. This is Spire Comics, which is for sure was that a Christian a Christian imprint. Yeah, Spire Christian Comics by Al Hartley. So this is someone who was like. Maybe not a classic Archie mm-hmm. illustrator, or maybe he was an Archie illustrator who, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll read that in a set. What does that say? It says, Jesus says, this is the end of the comic, Jesus says, I'll give you a piece that isn't fragile like the world offers, so don't be troubled or afraid. And then it, it, there's a citation to see John fourteen twenty seven. It sounds like he's paraphrasing to me. <laughs> yeah, it is in quotes. <laughs> yeah, and then... The back is this megalomaniacal sort of page paying tribute to the man who made this, Al Hartley, who says, next to a photo, there is this really weird uh, dialogue thing with handwriting on it that says, you enjoy reading comic books? And then ellipsis? That's what yeah. they're called, right? Yeah. I enjoy producing them. It's and he draws funny. this like overly sexy um, Betty and Veronica. Do you notice? It's It's subtle, but it's like... Ooh, that's weird. Um, I just pointed at a racial drawing. Uh, 
Like, she's got a bit more shape. Like, Veronica's got a bit more shape to her than she may usually be illustrated with. And Betty, too, look. Yeah, I don't... don't... What do you call those? (laughs) (laughs) What's the word? (laughs) Uh, They're really high up, but they seem... uh, Who's the chicken? It's galore. (laughs) Um, The... the... I it would be funny to do also a Christian Riverdale like a dark gritty Archie that's also very religious in nature. This is uh, Archie's prayer page. Oh yeah, and then Archie's saying, "I promised to print the letters you send so we can pray for each other." I promised to print the letters you send. I was like, "Well, fucking Archie keeps his promises." Here's an idea that helps me when I pray, and I want to share it with you. When you pray, follow these steps: praise, surrender, ask. Listen, meditate, which spells psalm. That's not bad advice. No, that's like if you're what I basically do when I wake up in the morning and I journal. Yeah, that's see, I I think some of these letters they they got they're on the ball. I can't get along with my folks. Pray for me and for them too. And so, but this is my question. I want God to bring us together. I think that's a good sentiment, Emily S. I think you know maybe that's it's the 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 work of Emily and her family to do. But I like the idea of, of. uh, wanting, you know, wanting, uh, uh, believing in a higher power. But is, are they asking Archie, the cartoon, <laughs> to pray for them? Well, I, I don't think know this who... is Al Hartley. Al Hartley. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> it's like Archie saying, I promise. That's like, that's what I don't understand. So is it like, and this feels... Are these letters from characters in the Oh, yeah, letters from other characters? Reggie. Or, or... I can't stop being a jerk! <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> or is it char- letters from real people to a character. That's what I think they are. My sister is into drugs and my folks don't know about it. Please pray that she'll turn to Jesus and kick the habit before she messes up our whole family, which is a very sort of selfish uh, uh, take on addiction. Sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I thank God for answered prayer. Six months ago, I realized I had a terrible temper. I tried to control, but still blew my stack a lot. Then I began praying. And the Lord took care of my problem. It's amazing what Jesus does for us when we let him. I'm glad they, that person doesn't blow their stack. As <laughs> Have you ever blown your stack? What's the angriest you ever got? Oh, I don't know. I, um, I'm i not like a frequent stack blower. What do we got in here? We got a striker patch? Striper. Stri- oh, yes, yeah, striker. Religious, I'm keeping the religious thing Oh, sure. Going. It's religious here's metal. Here's some, some uh, yep. Human Torch. Marvel Series 2 mm-hmm. cards, Which I is believe. like... Maybe sort of Series 3. Human no, Series 2. From the uh, the Hebrew Near Tamid and Eternal Flame. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't I know if that's related. That and then these guys. Muscles. These are muscle. Did you... You're a little younger than me. These are Japanese toys that oh, were... Uh, they were really cool. Look at how fantastical they are. Yeah. I like them. And there's pogs somewhere in there too. Oh yeah, I see pogs. Bottom. Old World Fruit Company. Feels weird, like, weird pog, right? It is a weird pog. Not the most this exciting feels pog. Feels like a company, like a uh, an American company that would have like just destroyed like Nicaragua in search of like <laughs> apples. Yeah, and then they're like, let's put the pogs up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a pog. We got to We got to fix our image with the youth. I had this book. Cruel Shoes, Cruel by, Steve Shoes by Steve Martin. How do you feel about this? Was this a big influence? Or? I always, I was always mystified. Kind of a book I, of essays. I read it too young. Yeah. And I just didn't, it was not on my wavelength. Because I was used to like, kind of like, goofy Steve Martin. And these are like surreal. Yeah. And, absurd and Steve absurd. Martin. Absurd, yeah. Yeah. But it, it, I read it too young and I was just like, kind of 
flustered by. I did that with some of, and and again, this is like such a fraught person to bring up, but I did with some of like Woody Allen's humor sure, writing when yeah, I was very yeah, young, yeah. and it just wasn't as silly as I thought it would be. No, it was all literary parodies mostly. Yeah. You know, so I didn't really appreciate that writing because I read that stuff too, and some of them were like plays. Like I yeah. think Without Feathers is like there's, practically there's like plays in. But it some of the plays were really funny. Yeah, and and some of the um the short story like the short fiction I was just like it felt very obscure to me but like reading it decades after it was written as like a literally a child like maybe 10 or 12 years old yeah um you know when people say don't separate the art from the artist don't you find it hard with comedians because it's like it would be like watching a Robert Blake movie if there was a movie where he was like you know the voice of reason. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Like I can see Lost Highway still mm-hmm. because Robert Blake is like the creepiest person in the world yeah. in that movie. Mm-hmm. But if I see, um, you know, man, you can't see Manhattan and feel good at, right now. Right, you know, Ugh. right. You know, even like, even uh, Blue Jasmine, I would say, because it seems like a an attack on Mia Farrow. Sure, sure, sure. And he's like, come on, man, don't make it so. Didn't that be gross? Yeah, and yeah. and like, yeah, I think it's tough. I and I, I was talking to someone yesterday about like. I don't even know that that's, like, a worthwhile project of, like, trying to separate the art from the artist. It's like, I'll just, I can enjoy, I'll enjoy a different thing. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that that's what's, I, you know, the Louis C.K. stuff is just, like, so layered because I think there's so many people who've been helped by him career-wise mm-hmm. that, you know, there is that personal connection and the that, that anecdotal response where you go this person has been nice to me yes but it it's very difficult because that can be true and the other stuff yes the bad stuff can be true too and so it's very i it's certainly when people are like but he's been so kind to me it's like sure yeah but that doesn't invalidate the experiences of people who he has not it's not you don't you don't get kindness credits so yeah like do. it doesn't delete this other stuff yes. happening this is just your experience so in a way you're just kind of framing the world as a movie you're in when yes. you say that which you're the protagonist that's what the in. world feels like yeah that we're the Be- protagonist because right because you have to live every day as you each individual yeah except for Sir Alec Guinness who was able to have so many different faces and characters mm-hmm. and Olivier God. masters of the craft masters of the craft <laughs> they have much more empathy okay here's a CD Three Six Mafia. Three Six Mafia, Dot Unbreakables, Screwed and Chopped. Mm-hmm. That's not the easiest thing to find. No. A Screwed and Chopped album. Mm-mm. You like this band? I don't know them well enough. They are... Oh, they're so killer. Oscar winners? Yes. For... Uh, Hustle and Flow. I was going to say right. Russell and Still. <laughs> Russell yes. and Still. Hustle and Flow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hard out here for a pimp. Mm-hmm. I recommend... You check out Three Six Mafia. I will. You might be pleasantly surprised. And uh, Juicy J was Three Six Mafia, right? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Crunchy Black, DJ Paul, oh, yeah. Juicy J. They were, uh, them and UGK were these big pillars mm-hmm. of the South. Yeah. Both of which, if you haven't checked out, I don't I do know. I do know. Yeah, UGK were kind of like more outcast adjacent. Yep. They had kind of a bit more of an accessible sound. 3-6 Mafia was like pretty, like in the club, like deep in the night. Yeah. You know, they had a horrorcore thing. They had mm-hmm. a drug thing. Very cool, very cool stuff. Sipping on the syrup. Oh yeah, I only brought a few items. This is uh, Eric B and Rakim on VHS. Let the rhythm hit him. And it's the video. It is like a promotional 
video for okay. Eric B. and Rakim. With follow leader and... It's for sale. <laughs> microphone fiend as well. Also microphone fiend. Yeah. Do you have any connection to Eric B. and Rakim? How I like you... Eric B. and Rakim. Do you... I do not... It's like not what I go back to all the time. I, uh-huh. like, I haven't listened for a while. Either. Yeah. And I appreciate when people talk about like the um, kind of trailblazing way that Rakim rapped. Mm-hmm. But it's it almost feels like I don't listen to a lot of like um, classic rock on my own terms yeah i just because i like i started later yeah and so i've seen the the future part of that <laughs> does that make sense like yes like, when like you don't want to listen to like aerosmith rocks uh, yes. because you've seen um steven tyler i don't know oh you, even yeah. the other way though like i've seen like i don't listen to a lot of rakim but like I, I feel like maybe he was an influence on, like, let's say, Redman. Oh, yeah, to a I'm lot. sure. Yeah. And, and, and on those... Uh, All those guys. Yeah. I mean, they, like, will interpolate, like, his lyrics yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And and so... It's, interpolate. Yeah. But that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so I don't go back as often. And I, I, like, a thing in my life is, like, I don't do enough appreciating of, like, foundational Oh, you classics. gotta go... This is, this is who I gotta recommend. Sure, Eric B. and Rakim, but even that's a bit later. Schoolie D, mm-hmm. gotta mess with Schoolie D. You gotta mess with uh, uh, Tila Rock, mm-hmm. uh, Mantronics, um, Grand, uh, Grandmaster Kaz, mm-hmm. uh, Treacherous Three. I mean, there's there's some there's actually some really neat stuff. Ro- Roxanne Chante, yeah, you sure. know, who's getting a lot more attention these days. Uh, Milk, the Audio Two, really good. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You know, because because like, what more can I say? Top, Top billing, like. That's tip of the iceberg for that record. Top villain is like the, the whole most most of that record's really oh, solid. And you know some of these guys, they do go a lot of the top rappers. If you follow their career, you realize like, well, of course they were active in the eighties. They were kids in the eighties, yes. and so they sometimes were part of rap groups like way back when. Yeah. You know, like Wu Tang dates back to the eighties. Sure. You know, so um, yeah, not to be Mister like you gotta oh you gotta go true school bro <laughs> like. What do you think of Drake? What do you think of Drake? What do you think of Drake? I like his... There are songs that hit me, and there are songs that don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also... Another thing about me that is, like, not especially... It's not a good quality or a bad quality, but I like the rappier ones more than the singier ones. Yeah, me too. And so, like, there's some... I think he is, like, a skilled rapper, mm-hmm. and the times that he doesn't do that is, like, less to my taste. Yeah, you, but you, I don't you become Johnny Tuno. Yeah, Joshy Tuna. Joshy Tuna, um, and I so and that's just like, but obviously those songs are huge and people love them. Yeah. So it's not that I'm right and they're wrong. No, it's just personal taste. Yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that we've talked for quite a long time. Yeah, I've basically held you hostage. No, it's been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun. I've had a great time. I'm really glad you did. I was wondering if you wanted to give a uh, pep talk to the listener. Sure. Um, if you're listening, um, it's. Uh, I bet if things feel bad, maybe they're not as 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 dire or as permanent as they seem. And I think that they can. With there's help for people that need help, and and things are mutable and changeable with um with effort and assistance and time. That's really good. Can, can I try one? Yeah. Right now you're just chilling out, probably in your house. <laughs> this is good. Listening to my sweet voice and Josh's sweeter voice. No, get out of here. Maybe you're kissing your hand to feel better, but you're still crying inside. And I want to let you know 
dry those tears, dry that eye. There's a lot of beauty in life. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pain. Sometimes some would argue more pain than beauty. Mm -hmm. Okay. But we remember the beauty and the pain is fleeting. And if you have ADHD, I sympathize with you. Mm -hmm. I've been there. I'll send you an email if you want. <laughs> I like I'll send you an email as you as the closing. Please subscribe. Or review. Go. Here we go. I've got a Patreon. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. Thanks, Josh, for thank coming. You, That's awesome. Have a great show tonight, dude. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you to Josh Gondelman for coming in and doing the podcast. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed our talk. I know it was long. It was fun. So I thought I'd keep it at that length, but I did edit it, as you probably noticed, here and there. I'm still trying to get better at editing and at talking. Editing. Better at editing. Better at editing. You gotta be podcasting. You gotta be articulate. Um, be sure to check out Physical Whisper, Josh's album, and he has a book of essays uh, coming out that will be really good and he's writing on the Jesus and Marrow show now so check that out Jesus and Marrow it's on Showtime in the US and no idea where it is in Canada and uh, yes I'm Nick you can check out my album Wiped Privilege it's out there on Spotify that kind of thing the podcast is on Spotify now too if you're interested in that add some to your playlists or whatnot and yeah I'm going to play some of Josh's comedy after this Take care. Hello, everyone. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for your enthusiasm. This is what I'm like. This is me all the time. I'm like if a cardigan were a person, so... Let's get cozy for a little while, shall we? I had a pretty good 2017, despite 2017, and... I'm here to tell you a little bit about it. My wife and I adopted a dog that's very exciting for us. Yeah, oh, thank you. She's a pug, so scientifically she shouldn't even exist, so every day's a miracle with our little dumpling. If you can't imagine a pug from the name of the breed, it's one of those dogs, looks like a loaf of white bread with a face smushed onto the front slice and a butt smushed onto the back slice. And if you've never hung out with a pug before, it's kind of like if that loaf of bread came some of the way to life. That's her vibe. She's so cute, I love her so much. Her name is Busy, but it wasn't always. When we adopted her, her name was Daisy, but we didn't like that, so we switched it to Busy, which is very rude of us. Because when we adopted our dog, she was eight years old. <laughs> you guys get that's middle age for a dog. That's like meeting a 56-year-old human and going, what's your name, Deborah? Nah. I'm gonna go ahead and call you Barbara. Hope that works for you. I mean, you better be cool with it, because I control all the food and water, and you're too small to reach the doorknob, so... Anyway, Babs, I was thinking... <laughs> Let's get you into your Halloween costume, and yes, I know it's January, but I'm sad right now, so for the next several hours, you're gonna be a ladybug. <laughs> I got married last year, that was very wonderful, thank you. It's the best, it was so good, I should have mentioned it first. <laughs> My wife is amazing, and I know it sounds corny, but she really does make me want to be a better person. That's real. Thank you. She's a big reader, and I've been going through her favorite authors to understand how she sees the world. 
and I recently came across a famous feminist quotation by Canadian author Margaret Atwood, which is probably how many of your favorite jokes start. <laughs> Margaret Atwood once wrote, men are afraid women will laugh at them, women are afraid men will kill them. Yeah, that's heavy. And I don't know how to feel about that as a man who is also afraid that men will kill him. <laughs> Worst case scenario, while a woman laughs, if I'm being totally honest. When I get up in the middle of the night for a glass of water, I get fully clothed. And I don't just mean t-shirt, boxers. I'm talking blazer, high tops. And that's not because I'm modest in front of my wife or nervous the neighbors will see me nude through the window. It's because my greatest fear in the world is that there's a burglar in our apartment ready to take all our stuff. But before he does, he sees my naked body and just goes, weird dick loser, bang, and that's it for me, I'm done. Then my wife wakes up giggling like, you did have kind of a weird one. And then they get married to each other. And I'm just stuck in the apartment as a ghost haunting them forever like, every dick is kind of a weird one. And that's why I'm a feminist. That's my journey. We all have our own. Thank you.